Hi, my name is Amy, and I'm um, eight years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because um, Jesus made us. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. Boys and girls, Alicia Yoder here on the Jesus is Better podcast. Are there things you're looking forward to this next year in 2019? Sometimes grown-ups make plans to lose weight, exercise more, or eat healthier food. But I like to think about the new year as one more year of getting to know Jesus better, receiving the blessings he has for me, and one year closer to being with him forever. How about you? Last week, we saw how Jesus sent out even more disciples to tell others he was coming and showed an expert on the law what it really meant to love his neighbor. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, When you pray, this is what you should say. Father, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Keep us from falling into sin when we're tempted. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to stay with me, and I have no food to give him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, that person won't get up and give you bread because he's your friend, but because you keep bothering him, he'll get up and give you as much as you need. So here's what I say to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks will receive. The one who searches will find. And the door will be opened to the one who knocks. Fathers, suppose your son asks for a fish. Which of you will give him a snake instead? Or suppose he asks for an egg. Which of you will give him a scorpion? Even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? One day, Jesus was driving a demon out of a man who couldn't speak. When the demon left, the man began to speak. The crowd was amazed. But some of them said, 
Jesus is driving out demons by the power of Satan, the prince of demons. Others tested Jesus by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he said to them, Any kingdom that fights against itself will be destroyed. A family that is divided against itself will fall. If Satan fights against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because of what you claim. You say I drive out demons by the power of Satan. But suppose I drive out demons with the help of God's powerful finger. Then God's kingdom has come upon you. When a strong man is completely armed and guards his house, what he owns is safe. But when someone stronger attacks, he is overpowered. The attacker takes away the armor the man had trusted in. Then he divides up what he has stolen. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Instead, blessed are those who hear God's word and obey it. As the crowds grew larger, Jesus spoke to them. The people of today are evil, he said. They ask for a sign from God, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. He was a sign from God to the people of Nineveh. In the same way, the Son of Man will be a sign from God to the people of today. The men of Nineveh turned away from their sins when Jonah preached to them. And now something more important than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and hides it. No one puts it under a bowl. Instead, they put a lamp on its stand. Then those who come in can see the light. Your eye is like a lamp for your body. Suppose your eyes are healthy. Then your whole body also is full of light. But suppose your eyes can't see well. Then your body also is full of darkness. So make sure that the light inside you is not darkness. Suppose your whole body is full of light, and suppose no part of it is dark. Then your body will be full of light. It will be just as when a lamp shines its light on you. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So Jesus went in and took his place at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not wash before the meal. Then the Lord spoke to him, You Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, he said, but inside you are full of greed and evil. You foolish people, didn't the one who made the outside make the inside also? Give freely to poor people to show what is inside you. Then everything will be clean for you. How terrible it will be for you Pharisees! You give God a tenth of your garden plants, such as mint and rue, but you have forgotten to be fair and to love God. How terrible for you Pharisees! You love the most important seats in the synagogues. 
You love having people greet you with respect in the market. How terrible for you. You are like graves that are not marked. People walk over them without knowing it. An authority on the law spoke to Jesus. He said, Teacher, when you say things like that, you say bad things about us too. Jesus replied, How terrible for you, authorities on the law. You put such heavy loads on people that they can hardly carry them. But you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. How terrible for you, authorities on the law. You have taken away the key to the door of knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have stood in the way of those who are entering. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law strongly opposed him. They threw a lot of questions at him to try to catch him in something he might say. Now that Christmas is over, I want you to think about what gift you are most excited to give. Did the person like what you picked out for them? What do you think would have been the worst Christmas present ever? Maybe a poisonous snake or a scorpion or germs that would make someone throw up? When my husband Christopher and I drove down to North Carolina with our kids to be with my family for Christmas, we both got the flu and had to stay in bed the entire next day to try and get better. No one gave it to us on purpose, though, and we prayed that no one else would catch the germs. When Jesus told the story about the man who didn't want to give his friend the loaves of bread, but gave them anyway, and the dad who wouldn't give his children snakes and scorpions, he was showing them how much more they could trust their Heavenly Father to take care of them and give them good things. You were probably excited to give your gifts because you knew the person would like them. And you probably felt bad if they didn't like it. But your Heavenly Father never gets it wrong. He always knows what we need and loves giving us good things to bless us and to get to know Him more. He's the perfect Daddy who knows that what we need most is Him. That's why his greatest gift is his Holy Spirit's presence living in us and why Jesus died a bloody death so that he could make his home in us. And even though people feel special when we give them gifts, the greatest gift we can share with them is the chance to follow King Jesus and know his incredible love for them. They need to know that God loves it when they ask for his help and that he won't give them a scorpion when they ask for an egg. You can share with them that each time they pray to God, it's like knocking on his door, and he will never not hear them or refuse to open the door. Instead, I like to picture Jesus flinging open the door when I pray and grabbing me in a big hug, saying, I'm so glad you're here. What would you like to tell me about? What's been going on? When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, it was like Jesus pulled them all into his house and said, This is what it's like in Daddy's house. We get to tell Daddy how amazing he is 
and that we want him to do whatever he wants because he has the best ideas and the best plans. We can tell him anything we need because he loves giving us fresh baked bread from the oven and helping us with whatever has been making us sad or scared or angry. And when we sin, we can always tell him and ask him to forgive us, and he will. He'll also help us to forgive and love everyone else in this house when we ask. And when Satan tries to beat on the door of the house to make us afraid or whisper lies through the windows so that we start to feel angry at our brothers and sisters or think we're better than them, we can ask Daddy to help us say, No, that's not true. Daddy's going to take care of me and help me to love my brothers and sisters. The Pharisees didn't understand Jesus and his daddy. They thought that Jesus was like a thief, stealing people's hearts for Satan. But instead, Jesus was sneaking into Satan's guarded house to rescue people's hearts for God. The people weren't strong enough to get out of Satan's house on their own. They needed Jesus' power to come in and get them. But they also needed to see that they were trapped. Do you remember the story from the Old Testament? When Jonah got spit out by the fish and finally preached God's message to the people of Nineveh? They saw that they were trapped by sin and cried out to God for help. And he forgave them. In Jesus' time, the people wanted to see Jesus do lots of miracles to prove he was the Messiah. But what they really needed was to believe Jesus' message, to turn from their sins and ask God for help. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to do too. In the Old Testament, it was like the people were squinting to see the light at the end of a tunnel. When Jesus came, he was the light. But some people closed their eyes and thought it was better to keep living in the darkness of their sin. Now that we have the message of the gospel, we have his light living inside of us so that others can know and receive Jesus and his spirit's light can live in them too. He teaches us to see by this light as we read his word, listen to his voice, and learn from others who also love him and shine his light. And the light of God's love will come out through the way we treat others at school and at home. The Pharisees tried to make this light on their own rather than receiving it from God. But it didn't work. One time, when our friend John was at Christopher's mom's house, he was sitting at the table where she had been making chocolate chip cookies. He spotted a chocolate chip sitting on the counter and popped it into his mouth, only to realize it wasn't a chocolate chip, but a dead fly. The Pharisees were like that dead fly, pretending to be a chocolate chip. They were following the rules to impress others thinking that they lived better than anyone else. Jesus called them dirty cups. Like if you grabbed a cup that looked clean off the counter, but when you looked inside, it was filled with sour, chunky milk. But their cups didn't have to stay that way. Jesus died 
so that we wouldn't have to be afraid for him to look inside our cups, so that his blood could wash the inside of our cups clean. And as we ask for his help, read his word and trust him to teach us and shape our hearts to be more like his, we won't want sin to stick to the inside of the cup. But instead, the Holy Spirit will be able to fill our cups with his love and beauty to be poured out for others instead of tricking them into eating dead flies. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for removing the crushing burden of trying to do life without you. Would you help us to share the gifts of your love and truth with the brothers and sisters and parents and friends we see each day? You're the best. Amen. Okay, dear friends, let's keep enjoying God's gifts and I'll talk to you next time.